Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. So last week we looked at one of Paul's longest and most complex letters, really his longest and most complex, which means it's kind of nice that this week we get to look at one of the shorter ones. We're looking at the letter to Philemon, kind of a weird name, kind of a weird book. And honestly, it's one of those books that's so small, sometimes you kind of forget it's even in the Bible. Um, And it is small. Romans is over 7,000 words. Philemon is like 335. So it's, uh, it's it's something we can get our hands around. Here's the situation. It's a very personal letter. It's uh, one of the few letters that Paul wrote to an individual, even though he wants the whole church to hear it. And Philemon was a guy who lived in a city called Colossae. We'll talk more about that place next week. And he, he owned some slaves. Now, don't think American slavery. Um, it was a different situation back then. Still not best, still not desirable, but a lot of times slaves were almost more like employees, even though they were owned. They were, in fact, uh, more than just workers. So um, Philemon owned some slaves, and one of these slaves was was a young guy named Onesimus. Now what happened, and we don't know why, is that Onesimus seems to have taken some money from Philemon and ran away. This happened a lot in the ancient world because sometimes people just want a better shot. So we don't know if Philemon was mean to him. We don't know if he wasn't a good leader. We have no idea. But Onesimus ran. And while he was running, he ran into Paul. And Paul because this is what Paul does, introduce him to Jesus. And Onesimus is like, I believe in this thing that you're saying. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm going to trust in Christ for my salvation. I'm going to follow him with my life. And Paul's like, great. Now it's time for you to go back to Philemon. And he's like, wait a second. I don't know about this. I thought you were preaching freedom. And Paul was passionate about freedom. But he wanted both of these guys to experience a freedom that was much deeper and greater than just not having to interact with one another. And in Onesimus' case, not having to be owned by this guy. So he sent him back. And he sent him back with a letter. That's the letter to Philemon. And in the letter, Paul is, he's subtle, but he's also kind of direct to Philemon saying, he could have stayed away, but I sent him back because he belongs to you. But here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that you receive him not as a slave, but as a brother. (laughs) There are no slaves among siblings. I'm asking that you receive him not as somebody who is below you, but as an equal. And essentially what Paul was calling both of these guys to in a word was forgiveness. So that's what the letter to Philemon is all about. So lean in and listen as we talk about surrendering to the change by experiencing the freedom that can only be found through forgiveness. So yeah, this week we are going to talk about forgiveness. In this room, as well as in your small groups, we're going to look at it, though, in a little bit different way. The last couple weeks we've been looking at a relationship with us and God. Last week we learned about what it means to trust God because of the promises that he's made for us and that he has kept those promises. One of those big promises being that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to forgive our sins. But we're going to look at a different kind of forgiveness. What I like about this book that Paul wrote to Philemon is that it wasn't to a church. The last, uh, for the last couple weeks, we've been looking at what Paul has written to a church. But this week, it's to a very specific person named Philemon. Okay, And it is the shortest letter that Paul wrote. And so I thought, 
Um, we haven't done this yet, but we are going to read through this letter in its entirety, the whole thing. It's only 23 verses, but I need your help, okay? The verses that are in red, I would like for you to repeat, or not repeat, but like to read with me, okay? So I'm going to read the verses that are in white, and I want you guys to read the verses that are in red with me, okay? Can you guys do that? Yes. Cool. So let's get that up on the screen, um, and let's take a look at this letter that Paul wrote to Philemon. You kind of got the backstory, so let's uh, look at the whole letter here. Um, verse 1, here we go. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Aphia, our sister, and Archibus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we go. I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers. Good. Because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Here we go. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of Lord's people. Good. Therefore, all, therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. This is what he's telling him about Onesimus, this slave. Here we go. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in change. Together, formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. So look, look what's happening here. I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in change for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do um, would not seem forced but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you, talking about Onesimus still, for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Uh, confident, uh, confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you um, in answer to your prayers, uh, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, uh, Aratarchus, De Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Good. Okay, so we got these two people. We got these two people. We've got Philemon, Philemon, who was the master. 
okay? And he had a slave named Onesimus, okay? We have these two people. Onesimus, just like Michael said, uh, apparently took some money and peaced out. And while he was out, he met a guy named Paul, okay? And just like Paul would have done to you if he met you, he would tell you all about Jesus Christ. And so Onesimus heard Onesimus heard what Paul was saying and decided to become a Christ follower. But here's the deal. When you surrender to the change that is Christ, when you surrender to the change that is Christ, it will change your life. And that's exactly what it did to Onesimus. Okay? And now Paul told Onesimus that guess what? You need to do exactly what Jesus did for you. Jesus forgave you. You need to go back to Philemon, your master, and you need to forgive him. You need to make the relationship right. Just like Jesus made the relationship between you and God right. Sin entered our lives. Sin, you guys sin, I sin, we all sin, and it separated us from God, and Jesus made it right. And it is our responsibility to love God, A, and love other people. And a part of loving others is to experience freedom through forgiveness. Because true freedom, freedom from pain, freedom from sin, is only found through forgiveness on the cross and then also with each other. Okay? So Paul tells us this story so that we can understand that we need to forgive one another no matter what happens. Not just Onesimus to the person that had enslaved him, Philemon, but also Philemon, what did, he tell, what did Paul tell Philemon in that, in that book, in that letter? He said, you need to accept Onesimus back, but not as a slave. What did he say? As a brother. He said, as a brother. There's something that changed right there, right? Something changed in that relationship. It went from a I'm better than you to a we're equal. We're brothers in Christ. And that's a huge deal. But I want to... I want to explain it to you guys in another way. So I have this other story that someone wrote by another famous author, not Paul, but by a guy named Dr. Seuss. Good. I was hoping you'd say that. And listen, listen. Before we start reading, I need your help, okay? So here's what we're going to do. I need your help. If you guys can handle this then I'm going to let you do it. If we can't, then we'll stop and I'll, and I'll just read it by myself. But here's what I need. You guys, fifth grade boys, every time that I say the word star, you need to make like a ding sound like a ping. Okay, good. Let's, let's try it. Ready? Let's try it. Star. Okay. Stop. Stop. Stars aren't that loud. I just need a little ding. Try it. Star. Oh, too loud. Try it again. Star. Can you do it? Or are we going to have to stop? Let's try it. Star. Much better. Okay. Over here, you guys get the word plane. And when I think of plane, I go, wah, wah. Can you guys say that? Okay, let's try it. Ready? Plane. Okay. You guys, you guys get one of my favorite characters. Shh. He's the, he's the bad guy in the, in the book. 
His name, listen, his name is Mr. McBean. So I need you guys, hey, fifth and sixth graders, can you handle this? I need your voices off. Seventh graders. So you guys are going to make the bad guy sound moo-ha-ha. Let's hear it. Ready? Mr. McBean. Can we do it or no? Okay, let's try it. Mr. McBean. Good. Eighth graders, you guys get the famous ones in this story. You get sneeches. So let me hear it. A very, uh, you got to take this to a level that I'm not sure if I can do, but I need to like a, think of like the weirdest bird sound you can make. Like, ready? Sneeches. Oh, did you, are you guys going to do this? For reals? Okay, fine. Okay, let's see if we can do this. Voice is off. Voice is off. Voice is off. Can you guys do it? I think you can. Okay, let's try it. Oh, seventh graders waiting for you. Eighth graders, I want you guys to hear this story in light of forgiveness. So let's check it out. Here we go. Now the star, Belly Sneeches, had bellies, oh, just one, just one, had bellies with stars. The plain Belly Sneeches had none upon Nars. Those stars weren't so big. They were really so small. You might think such a thing wouldn't matter at all. But because they had stars, the star belly sneeches would brag. We're, would brag, let's see, we're the best kind of sneeches on the beaches. With the snoots in the air, they would sniff and they'd snort. We'd have nothing to do with the plain belly sort. And whenever they met some, when they were out walking, they'd hike right on past them without even talking. When the star-belly children went out to play ball, could a plain belly get in the game? Not at all. You could only play if your bellies had stars and the plain belly children had none upon theirs. Good. Okay. When the star-belly sneeches... Had Frankfurter roast, our picnics, our parties, or marshmallow toast. They never invited the plain belly sneeches. They left them out cold in the dark of the beaches. They kept them away, never let them come near. And that's how they traded them year after year. Then one day it seemed while the plain belly sneeches were moping and doping alone on the beaches, just sitting there wishing their bellies had stars. A stranger zipped up in the strangest of cars. My friends, he announced in a voice clear and keen, my name is Sylvester McMonkey McBean. Good. And I've heard of your troubles. I've heard you're unhappy. But I can fix that. I'm a fix-it-up chappy. I've come here to help you. I have what you need, and my prices are low, and I work at great speed. And my work is 100% guaranteed. Then quickly, Sylvester McMonkey McBean put together a very uh, peculiar machine, and he said, You want stars? 
Like the Starbelly Sneech, my friends, you have them for $3 each. Just pay me my money and hop right aboard. So they clamored inside, the big machine roared, and it clonked and it bonked and it jerked and it burked and it bumped. Bumped them around, bopped them around, but the thing really worked. When the plain belly sneeches popped out, guess what? They had stars. They actually did. They had stars upon theirs. When they yelled at the ones who had stars from the start, you're exa- we're exactly like you. You can't tell us apart. You're just, we're just the same. No, you snooty old smarties. And now we can come to your Frankfurter parties. Good grief, groaned the ones that had stars at first. We're still the best sneeches, and they are the worst. But now, how in the world will we know, they all frown, if which kind is what or the other way around? Then up came McBean with a very sly wink. And listen, and he said, things are not quite as bad as you think. So you don't know who's who, that's perfectly true. But come with me, friends. Do you know what I'll do? I'll make you again the best sneeches. There it is. On the beaches, and all it costs you is $10 eaches. Belly stars are no longer in style, said Mr. McBean. What you need is a trip through the star off machine. This wondrous contraption will take off your stars so you won't look like sneeches who have, who have them on theirs. And with a, that handy machine working very precisely, removed all the stars from their tummies quite nicely. Then with snoots in the air, they paraded about and they opened their uh, beaks and they let out a shout. We know who is who. Now there is no doubt. The best kind of sneeches are the sneeches without. (laughs) Then of course, those with stars all got frightfully mad to be wearing a star. Now it was frightfully bad. Then of course, old Sylvester McMonkey McBean Invited them back, invited them back into his star off machine. Then, of course, then, of course, from then on, as you probably guess, things really got into a horrible mess. All the rest of the day on those wild screaming beaches, the fix it up chappy kept fixing up sneeches. Off again, off again, on again, and in again, out again through the machines they raced round about again, changing their stars every minute or two. They kept paying him money. They kept running through until neither plane nor the star belly knew whether this one or that one or that one or this one or which one was that one or that one was which one, who was who. Then when every last cent of their money was spent, the fix-it-up chap, he packed up and went, and he laughed as he drove in his car up the beach. They'll never learn. No, you cannot teach a sneech. But... But McBean was quite wrong, I'm quite happy to say. Now listen to this. Hey, listen to this one. The Sneeches got really quite smart on that day. They decided that Sneeches are Sneeches. And no kind of Sneech is the best on the beaches. That day, all the Sneeches forgot about stars. And whenever they had one or not upon theirs, the end. Good job. Good job. Okay. So now, boys, 
let me put this into perspective for you. So we have this man who went into this world of Sneetches, no more voices, thank you, went into this world and he told them, he told the ones that had stars that they, that they could, guess what, be better than ones who didn't. And that is exactly what the world is telling us, that some of us are better than other people. And guess what? All it takes maybe is a little bit of money, or all it takes is to be a little bit better. All it takes is to step up and do something different or better for your school or better for sports or better for wherever you're in so that you can be just like the ones with stars. But in the end, it all changes because the Sneetches realized, just like Onesimus and Philemon, they realized that none of that matters. That no matter if you have a star on your belly or you don't, no matter whether you were a slave or a master, no matter which school you went to, no matter how good you were at sports, no matter um, what group of friends you hang out with, we are brothers in Christ. And so maybe someone on this side of the room needs to realize that someone on this side of the room is a brother in Christ. And you guys need to have forgiveness. Forgiveness for anything that steps in your way. Forgiveness for anything that comes between you and your buddy. So maybe it's these two that need to talk to each other and realize that God is bigger than any problem, conflict, trouble that they have. God is bigger than anything that you think is in the way of you and a relationship with someone else. And guess what? Maybe it's not you and the buddy sitting next to you. Maybe it's you and one of your parents. Maybe it's you and one of your brothers or sisters. Maybe it's you and a teacher. Maybe it's you and some other kid at school that you don't even really know. We too often let conflict, we too often let a a name that was called, we too often let a cardinal or a bulldog get in the way and we think that one group is better than the other group and that's not the case. Our God is bigger than that. And he is calling us to surrender to the change and really find freedom through forgiveness. Just like the Sneetches had a learn that it didn't matter what they had on their belly, just like Philemon had to learn to change the way he saw another person, and just like Onesimus had to learn to forgive someone who had enslaved him, we need to do the same. We need to see each other as God sees us. We need to see the person sitting next to us as God sees us. And if you guys have a question about that, find an adult leader. If, you, uh, if you're trying to figure out what forgiveness looks like, talk to one of them. Come find me later. If you have an issue with someone else, talk to them. And if you think that's too hard, then the very first step to forgiveness is prayer. Asking God to take care of it for you. Because guess what? What did he do whenever there was a problem between you and God with sin? Who took care of it? Did you take care of it? No, God took care of it with Jesus. And God can take care of anything 
that, that you guys are dealing with. We're going to spend a little bit of time in some prayer because I think that's the best way to start. So I'm going to pray for us, and then you guys are going to have an opportunity to pray as well. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you so much for how amazing and wonderful you are. We love you so much, and we are so thankful for you. Help us to realize that freedom is found through forgiveness. And help us to put all grudges, burdens, anything else aside. And remember that you are king. It's your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.